Good morning, friends. The Lord be with you. Thank you so much. My name is Becky. I'm on staff here at Pleasant Street Church, and it's a wonderful joy to be together this morning. Yes, worship team, thanks for coming up. This is perfect. Um, I have just a couple of announcements for you before we begin our worship. Um, welcome to those of you that are visiting with us and uh, worshiping with us online as well. Um, this morning, as part of our worship, we will not have a specific time or reminder for when we will be offering our gifts. So just a reminder that um, there is a box out in the fellowship hall for your offerings, or you're welcome to give them online. Um, but we will not have a special time within our service that we're going to note that. Um, also this morning, I want to warmly welcome Pastor Mike Sullivan, who will be preaching this morning. Welcome, Mike. Um, God is here. God is in this place. We have been living through some very difficult and discouraging times. Amen? I find myself listening to the noisy voices that continually vie for my attention. I have found myself doubting the people, the places, all these things that I care about, that I respect, and that I love, and I don't know who to believe anymore. Have you felt that too? Yeah, a lot of nods. Have you been down? Have you been discouraged? Have you been frustrated? Have you lashed out to those you love? Have you woken up anxious and despairing? Does this resonate with any of you? This morning, I'd like us to settle down. I'd like us to refocus. The old hymn came to mind as I was preparing for this morning. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory. I encourage you this morning, as we worship, to turn your eyes on Jesus. Pay close attention to what we say, to what we sing, and allow the Holy Spirit this morning to take hold of your troubled heart. Will you pray with me? God of goodness and grace, we long for your presence, for the peace your promises bring and for the assurances we have received through the gift of your Son. May we, your people, this day and every day, have open eyes to see, open ears to hear your presence among us. Open us, God, to your Holy Spirit, and prepare us for worship. Amen. We light this Christ candle as a symbol that Jesus is present with us in our worship. 
Will you rise in body or in spirit and join me in our call to worship? Praise the Lord. Let all that we are praise the Lord. We will praise the Lord as long as we live. We will sing praises to our God even with dying breath. Don't put your confidence in powerful people. There is no help for you there. When they breathe their last, they return to the earth and all their plans die with them. But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He made heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them. He gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighted down. The Lord loves the godly. The Lord protects the foreigners among us. He cares for the orphans and the widows, but he frustrates the plans of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever. He will be your God, O Jerusalem, O Pleasant Street, throughout the generations. Praise the Lord. Let's sing.
darkness among us, convicts us of sin, reminds us of the better way. Will you join me in a prayer of confession? Oh Lord, our hearts are heavy with the violence of our world. So much suffering through the ages, wars and holocausts, genocide and abuse. God, we cry on behalf of our violent world. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. You came to share life with us as a brother, but we confess we have failed to live as your children and instead have broken many bonds. We cry on behalf of our violent world. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. Oh Lord, you have called us to live together in community, to consider one another as brother and sister, regardless of ethnicity, economic status, or popularity. Yet we prejudge one another and we refuse to love one another and we victimize one another. We cry on behalf of our violent world. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. Oh Lord, giver of all life, you fearfully and wonderfully made us and breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. Yet we endanger the lives of one another, abuse the lives of young children among us, Destroy those who are defenseless and oppose those who are powerless. We cry on behalf of our violent world. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. Pardon, pardon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Let's take some time of silent confession. Lord God, we add these prayers that we offer to you silently to those that we have voiced together. We ask that you would hear them all through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we make our confession in the presence of God who has made available forgiveness to us, and it is in the strong and mighty name of Jesus Christ that I come bearing good news for you this morning. It's good news that comes from Psalm 103. Hear these forgiving words that come from God himself, friends. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always accuse, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. This is good news. Thanks be to God. And as we are to walk humbly with our God in lives of gratitude, let us hear again his word. God commands us to serve him alone as God, to serve him according to his word, to speak of him only with deep respect and love, 
to attend faithfully the assembly of God's people on the day of rest and every day to let the Lord work in us through his spirit to respect and cooperate with all of God given authority to nurture human life as God's precious gift to live decent and chaste lives to use the resources of this earth as stewards of God's creation to use the gift of speech from promoting the truth and love and to exercise purity of heart in all of life. May the Spirit of God guide us to be obedient to this word. Amen. Let's rise again in body or in spirit and respond to these words. Well, good morning, members. 
visitors, guests who are gathered here, and those of you who are at home on Zoom, welcome in the comfort of your pajamas and coffee cup. My name is Jack Crawford, an elder here at Pleasant Street Christian Reformed Church. To assist congregations in responding or in to the challenges that we are facing, the ministries of the Christian Reformed Church in North America are curating resources on key topics. I'm sure you know what the key topics are. In an article released only four days ago by Christian Reformed Communications, Colin P. Watson, Sr., Executive Director of the CRCNA, Christian Reformed Church of North America, answers a question in today's times, what to do? And he says, and I quote, pray for our nation. I call on all of us to spend time in prayer and to communicate and re-engage with each other and with our neighbors, especially over this weekend and in the coming days. I ask that we do so in a way that demonstrates the power of community over chaos. So he tells us what to do, and then you may ask, well, how do we do that? Paula and I read a devotional every week from the Today, issued by our denomination, and they're available out here. I'd encourage you to pick one up. Can I pray? And in the Saturday devotional, it says, just do it. Can you be reassured by this? Even the disciples weren't sure when they first met Jesus of what was expected of them. It is not a perfect faith that qualifies you to testify for Jesus. It is not the strength of your power to believe that makes you a credible witness to the truth. It is not your education. It is not your training our experience that equips you for serving him. You can do all of that because of who Jesus is, not who you are. Very good words to follow and to encourage you. With those points in mind, let's bow our heads and open with prayer. We admit, Lord, that in the year 2020, it has been a difficult year internationally, nationally, and even in our own community. In reflecting over the past year, we have lost a dozen members, relatives, or friends within our own church community by natural causes or even accidents. We have lost over 370,000 citizens of the United States due to the COVID-19 virus, a virus that has separated us from worshiping together, meeting together, or just plain having fellowship together. And we beg for a new year when we wonder if things can get any worse. Things have to improve, and we ask, will they get better, and when? We look to Scripture. Psalms tells us, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. John 14 continues, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. 
And Jesus repeats this. Let not your hearts be troubled, and neither let them be afraid. Be not afraid. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do. It's worthy to repeat what Colin Watson says. Spend time in prayer. Communicate to re-engage with each other. And he asks we do so in a way that demonstrates the power of community over chaos. We pray now for our nation and its leadership in shadows of what has happened this past week and what may even happen this weekend. We pray for unity among the people in the new year and beyond. You have given us a new commandment that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. As we commemorate the life of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King this Monday. We pray for ourselves as we move into 2021 as a community and as a church. You said, be strong and of good courage. Be not frightened, neither be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And we pray for our council that has new elders and deacons with their new pastorates as they serve in your church. And James asks us, is anyone suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is any among you sick? Let them call upon the elders of the church and let them pray over them. We have many to lift up for you for comfort and healing. Today we include Elder John Vriesmer and family in the recent loss of his mother, Barbara. For continued healing of Don Godegi, who was released from the hospital and who was with us this morning. For Grace Ninehouse, who has tested positive with the coronavirus and her supporting family, who was, from our information, is failing. We pray for Lynn, known to you, was recently been hospitalized. We pray for Ruth Haringa, a frontline worker who has recently tested positive along with other family members. And we learned that she was just released from the hospital yesterday, but she still has a way to go to beat this virus. And we lift up their family as well. We just learned that Chuck McGrath's cousin, Jen, was suffering from congestive heart failure due to a virus and is in the ICU. Not only on life support, but she may need a heart transplant as well. And sadly, yesterday we learned that Jim Nightum and some members of his immediate family have tested positive, and they are all quarantined at home. We asked Jim if he wanted to go to the hospital, and he said, I want to remain here. We lift up Rick Lukuniak, who traveled to Florida to visit his mother, only to find 
not only his mother, but his father, are failing. And then we lift up our shut-ins, Lord. Names known to you, Nellie, Babe, Harold, Al, Theona. The families of Fran Wasner and Edie Jarchman who have lost loved ones recently. And we also continue to pray for Jonathan's family too who have been displaced because of the fire and hope that plans will begin soon to restore their family home. Spoke to Jim and Joy Briggs this week and have learned that they have a new home in Worcester. And she asked me to extend her greetings to you as she wishes she could worship with us. And this is her church family. We pray for our senior pastor and his family as they settle into new surroundings and lead your flock and all our pastors serving you in the inner city, in our community, and in the mission field as this church moves into our 125 years of service to you through the Holy Spirit. And we ask that you would be with us as we will begin shortly planning for this celebration. As we submit these many petitions to you, Lord, we are comforted in the words of Philippians chapter 4. Have no anxiety about anything, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. We have these words of reassurance that in everything God works for good with those who love him. If God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And let the people say, Amen. Good morning. The Lord be with you. This morning's reading is going to be from uh, Luke 4, verses 14 through 30. I'll give you who want to get your Bibles out a moment to open them up. Then Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the entire vicinity. He was teaching in their synagogues, being praised by everyone. He came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. As usual, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and unscrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, 
and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. He began by saying to them, Today, as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled. They were all speaking well of him and were amazed by the gracious words that came from his mouth. Yet they said, Isn't this Joseph's son? Then he said to them, No doubt you will quote this proverb to me. Doctor, heal yourself. What we've heard that took place in Capernaum, do here in your hometown also. He also said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. But I say to you, there were certainly many widows in Israel in Elijah's day, when the sky was shut up for three years and six months while a great famine came over all the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, except a widow in Zarephath in Sidon. And in the prophet Elisha's time, there were many in Israel who had leprosy, and yet not one of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, everyone in the synagogue was enraged. They got up, drove him out of town, and brought him to the edge of the hill that their town was built on, intending to hurl him over the cliff. But he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, Pleasant Street Church. Are you ready for the gospel? I'm going to say that again. Some people have been cheering on some playoffs, and I'm sure even in the solitude of your home, you've been cheering a little bit louder than what we just heard. So I'm going to ask you again, are we ready for the gospel? Yes. yes. Oh, man, we need it. We need it. And yet we see how potent it is, right? I mean, what if the gospel was delivered today in such a way during our Sabbath gathering in this building in which there was amazement at the gracious words but as Jesus began to pierce our hearts and reveal the places of which we've been prejudiced or we have been fearful or angry, a mob started. I've never been gathered in a crowd when I've preached and been taken outside with people's intentions of hurling me somewhere. And I don't intend to make this morning that day. At the same time, yeah. My hope is not to keep your eyes fixed on me. It's to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And when we fix our eyes on Jesus, amazement can happen and anger can happen because he doesn't play by our rules. See, his rule and reign is about mercy and justice that is more powerful than the powers of this world. But when we come with those words of mercy and justice that are the very power of God unto salvation, first for the Jew and for the Gentile, for the insiders and the outsiders that continues to have its ripple effect in the world, sometimes we get a little too concerned with who's getting the most and who seems to be getting the least. But this is a history-altering. This is a cosmos-restoring. This is a personally transforming gospel that we cannot control. And no matter how much we may try to smear Jesus' name with our agendas, with principalities and powers that are not of his kingdom, he will still walk through the mob and the crowd on his way to the cross to save us. 
And so I needed to hear that reminder. In the last week and a half, as much as I get to preach the gospel to myself, prayerfully, every time I prepare to preach the gospel, I need to be preaching this good news to me before I sit in humility and say, here's the good news to you. I needed to have someone else preach to me. And so I sought out Dr. Micah Edmondson. And for those of you that don't know, he has a connection to your denomination. He was the first African-American to receive a PhD from Calvin. And his sermon on Sunday, January 10th, after everything that happened that was the anti-epiphany on Wednesday, January 6th, was Jesus our herald. And when he got up to Christ Presbyterian Church, he said, Christ Presbyterian, are you ready for the gospel? Because I am thrilled to celebrate it here with you today, above and beyond all the things that have been causing us to suffer. And so I needed to hear that introduction and I pray that it is passed on to you in a similar way. Because too often when we're looking for good news, we believe it comes through outrage or apathy or violence or separation, rather through love and peace of Christ. And Dr. Micah Edmondson said, apart from Christ, we are slave traders of ourselves, submitting to slavery of ideologies, conspiracy theories, nationalism, terror. We are slave traders of ourselves and we need a liberator. We need a champion. We need the one who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords of every time and place and every tribe, tongue and nation. And this is his word for us this morning. That we can fix our eyes on Jesus through the amazement, through the anger, but not in our own strength. It has to be by the power of the spirit. Jack, thank you so much for that wonderful time of inviting us into quiet prayer where we could sit as the spirit groaned and Jack prayed. Becky and the worship and song team, man, when you all started with our father, all of heaven roars your name, the goosebumps were coming. Sing louder. Let this place erupt with praise. Can you hear it? And sometimes the voice from heaven, it is a whisper. But can you hear it? The sound of heaven touching earth. Spirit break out. Break our walls down. King Jesus, you're the name we're lifting high. Your glory filling up the earth and sky. Revival. Invoking the name of the Father, the Son, and Spirit in song together. These are not light words. No matter how much it may seem mundane or repetitious, or we come into this place thinking, well, here we go again. We can see what happens when Jesus steps into a synagogue in this passage. That in the sovereignty of the person who is following God's will to give Jesus the scroll of Isaiah, it had been prepared, and yet Jesus knew where to open it. This morning, Pastor Matthew said, well, we're following in the lectionary. Would you read and preach from Luke 4? And I pray that the Spirit of God is working through whatever humble invitation was given for me to step up into this place, that I don't give you me, I don't give you our biases or our assumptions, but that we come again to God's holy word to bend a knee to King Jesus. And I don't know if you're like me, Sometimes when somebody reads the word, and Weberton, you did a wonderful job. Thank you for reading for us. Sometimes we think, oh, I know that passage. And we kind of drift into the listening. And this was a passage that happened in history. This was a moment 
in which Jesus was in the flesh, the word of God made flesh, and he was there, and he said these things, and it was recorded for us, and Luke looked into this, not only for Theophilus, but preserved for us today, but Pleasant Street, what if we heard, as Weberton began to read Luke 4, 14, Jesus returned to Massachusetts. Jesus returned to Massachusetts in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread. And he was being praised by everyone in our neighborhoods and on our streets. And then Jesus came to Whitensville. And he entered Pleasant Street Christian Reformed Church on the Lord's Day, Sunday, the Sabbath. And he found the place where it was written, the Bible was given to him, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor and he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and set free the oppressed and to proclaim this year, the year of 2021, as the year of the Lord's favor. And we got to remember, Jesus was saying this when the Roman Empire was ruling and oppressing his people. Jesus was saying this when leprosy was confounding people. They didn't have a cure, and it was separating people from their families and their neighbors and their homes. And the lepers had to cry out, unclean, unclean. And Jesus said that this was the Lord, year of the Lord's favor when there was division among the Jewish people, among God's people, when there were zealots who thought they needed to manhandle and to violently bring about God's kingdom. Them, where there were scenes where they said, we got to get out of here and desert this area and step back into the wilderness. And there were Pharisees that said, yes, this is the word of God. We got to add to it in order to become a more holy people. And then there were Sadducees that said, yeah, but we got to back up and be more relevant. We got to adapt to the times. And Jesus, the spirit of the Lord was on him to preach good news. And in some of that, you might hear good news. But as we see in those among Nazareth, they wanted to control him. They wanted his king. Oh, wow. If he's the one, if he's the Messiah, if he's the one that's going to bring it, he's one of us. He's going to do what we want him to do. That's what the year of the Lord's favor is going to look like is how we've planned out things. But then they began to question, well, isn't this Joseph's son? And I wonder, Pleasant Street Church, this morning, how we might try to domesticate Jesus too. Oh, isn't this the one that we sing to for an hour on Sundays? Isn't this the one that this political party or that political party tries to use to accomplish their agenda among a particular group? And Jesus looks at that and is like, well, um, he didn't have to say this, but he, he pushed in and he basically gave the enemies of the Nazarenes as the people that God worked among in times of drought, in times of famine. In times of desperation, he gave a widow, somebody that maybe some of the Israel was like, God, why are you giving a handout to her during these three plus years? What about us? And he brought healing to the oppressor, the one who violently had brought God's judgment upon the Syrian. And he said, oh, by the way, this kingdom is going to break your walls down. And we saw their reaction. It says they moved from amazement to enraged. Well, he's not playing by our rules. He's talking about some kingdom that's going to impact people that we thought were the enemy, that we thought God's judgment was for them. Everyone in the synagogue was enraged. 
Isn't it amazing? What would it be like Pleasant Street Church where the gospel is so full of power that in the movement of a service, you can move from amazement to enragement because Jesus is doing all sorts of things that you did not expect. Coming with a gospel that is setting people free But if we want to keep people in cages and we want to keep building our castles, then when the kingdom comes, all hell breaks loose. Because the enemy doesn't want us to experience the liberation that Jesus is bringing. He wants to keep us in our corners. One theologian said, it requires a particular kind of humility to hear something new and disturbing from something or someone very familiar. (laughs) How many times have we read Luke 4 and come to this passage and say, oh, that's what Jesus does. But what we hope right now, Pleasant Street Church, that on January 17th, on this Sabbath day, we'll be able to go out with the proclamation and witness of good news. Did you hear? Did you experience? The Spirit of God was among us. Because the same Spirit that came upon Jesus to lead him there is the one he gives to his people. And so I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to look at this a little bit more. But ultimately, my desire is, is that Jesus would be the one that stirs us right now. That he would bring about some kind of gracious humility that even though we're hearing something familiar, it would ring as the fresh movement of God for this congregation. And the way to respond to it is like little Elise did right after we sang spirit break out and we labor unto glory. She had her streamers that she was swinging and running up the aisle. And I'm not saying you have to react that way, but like children, that's what liberation looks like when you're in a congregational space where you can't contain the joy and the freedom that Jesus wants to do for you, but at the same time you realize he wants to do it for the person that you criticized the most this week. That you thought across the pew or across the street If they were just out of your life, it would be that much better. But now Jesus' kingdom's breaking in, and he wants to break the hell loose from us. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, the living God, this is your word. I don't want to add to it. I don't want to bring my influence to it. I want it to pierce as the sword of the Spirit, and only you can do that. And so thank you, God, for this morning. Thank you for the time we've already been together in silence and confession and assurance of forgiveness in praise and worship and welcome and, Lord, in witness. Do what you want to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. I have three points. We want to fix our eyes on Jesus and his spirit-filled wisdom and wonder that still amazes. So we are fixing our eyes on Jesus. Why? Because he still has spirit-filled wisdom and wonder for us today. And we are starving for wonder right now. We may be wondering. We may think we know. We've been reading enough information, but we are starving for wonder. And yet here, we want to fix our eyes on Jesus with spirit-filled wisdom and wonder. Not only that he gives, but that also he stirs up in us. But we want to also fix our eyes on Jesus' gracious truth over the powers and principalities. And this may anger us. (laughs) 
because we've bound ourselves to those. And then last but not least, let's fix our eyes on Jesus who cuts through our power grabs and our control to the cross because this mob wasn't going to stop him because he had something to do and it was to die for them, but not then. Not on their terms. So we fix our eyes on Jesus' spirit-filled wisdom and wonder that still amazes. Verses 19 through 22 talk about all eyes were fixed on him. All were speaking well of him. All were amazed at, at his gracious words. And even that, Pleasant Street Church, how wonderful that would be for those online that are watching, for those sitting in the pews, that when we gather together in this space, that what we're coming together for is not waiting for that moment in the service where you're like, I like that prayer, I like that song, I like that preaching, but instead we were coming with our eyes fixed on Jesus together. Pastor Matthew preached about John the baptizer and in famous works of art, John the baptizer is always pointing away from himself to Jesus. And so Pleasant Street Church, when we come together in this time, it's not to point at each other and say, why didn't you do this or why don't you do that? It's to look at each other and have you all pointing in the same direction with wonder at Jesus and fixing your eyes on him and saying, this is why we're still here. He hasn't returned yet. And so we point each other to him in this space, but as we walk out, we're still with that wonder pointing to him amongst our coworkers and our neighbors and our friends And I love how Becky sang that song, and I'll say, fix your eyes on Jesus. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And I do love the aspect when, yes, the things of this world will become dim, but at the same time, I think the things of this world become crystal clear too. There's an interesting paradox that that happens when we see Jesus is that we actually see our place and we're humbled by it more. We see that there are more principalities and powers that are trying to steal our wonder, but we also get to put them in their place at the footstool of Jesus who's on the throne. And so in some ways, yes, the things of this world become faintly dim, but also they become crystal clear in the light of his glory and grace. Because the, in the Gospel of Luke, this is done by the Spirit, He mentions the Spirit 18 times. Jesus is filled with the Spirit. Jesus is empowered by the Spirit. Jesus is guided by the Spirit. Jesus is rejoicing in the Spirit. Same Holy Spirit he promised to give us. The Ruach Yahweh, the breath of God, it fills Jesus. And he breathes that Spirit on us. When we fix our eyes on him, or full amazement and wonder. But see, this, this movement doesn't stop in the synagogue. It doesn't stop in the congregational space. So as much as we fix our eyes on Jesus' spirit-filled wisdom and wonder that still amazes, we fix our eyes on Jesus' gracious truth, truth over power that, if we're honest, still angers us because we too often settle for the powers of this world to bring us peace rather than the Prince of Peace. And yes, there is a righteous anger that desires God's justice and mercy. But I think we're too quick to think that we see that well. Because when we speak it, when we talk about it to each other, if 
if it's not with a bent knee to Jesus in such a way that we're still offering ourselves as a listening ears to those we're talking to, then maybe it is more about, again, our crowns than Jesus's crown. And in this moment, yeah, they were amazed. Everyone had their eyes fixed on Jesus and they were amazed and they were talking about his gracious words and grace is a big word for us in the Christian Reformed Church. But he was just as gracious in that moment from reading from Isaiah 61, 1 and 2 and 58, 6. And really, when he read a few words from 58, 6, it probably could have been a clue to them like, hmm, wait a second, what happens in Isaiah 58? Isaiah really wasn't welcomed in his time because he was critiquing the worship of God's people because they weren't just people. They weren't merciful people. They weren't bringing the liberation of the Lord to the oppressed and to those who are poor and the widows. They were more concerned about themselves. And so in that moment, there might have been a little bit of clue for somebody in the synagogue like, wow, those are gracious words. Isaiah 58, hmm. And so in that moment of question, they said, well, isn't this Joseph's son? And not far after, everyone was enraged. And so Pleasant Street Church, I could say this for Emmaus City Church, I can say it for me and my household. Let's not diminish Jesus or domesticate him in a moment where he starts doing things that are different than we expected. Well, I thought he was this, but our country's going this way or our church is going that way. Well, his position and his power and his personhood hasn't changed, even as these circumstances change around us. And as we see in the Psalms, he's a God who can handle us being upset with him and allows us space to bring our groans and our laments and our fears. But if the Psalms teach us anything, it's a J curve. It's a movement into those low depths where we see God and then we see ourselves for who we are. And then he begins to resurrect us into a kingdom view. Donna Barber, who writes a wonderful devotional called Bread for the Resistance. See, Jesus is the bread of life for resistance against the principalities and powers and against our selfish anger that tries to diminish Jesus. She says this, Jesus comes in the power and authority of heaven and all the privilege born to him, and he chooses another way. He humanizes and honors those most maligned and neglected by the masses. And he made time and space for everyone. And the overlooked were no longer invisible. And the ones previously left out were now included and heard and seen by Jesus. Jesus sees you, Pleasant Street Church. He hears you in your amazement, in your anger, in the ways that you sin, as well as in the ways you submit to his reign and his rule and the way that God's economy works and God's community works and God's government works in the time when instead of trying to make it go our way, we do bend to Jesus's way. You aren't dismissed, but at the same time, he sees you as his chosen one so that when you go out of this space, he wants to transform you so that you're not going grumbling as a mob into the streets that are killing him and destroying his name, but instead going out into the streets, being willing to lay down your lives. Even when it hurts, even when it's hard, not by your own strength, but what? By the power of the spirit that's upon you. See, in his kingdom view, he's given us a kingdom view. 
kingdom, a kingdom view, and that kingdom view is that hospitality is about welcoming the stranger, not the one who's similar. I think we need to hear that today. The people of Nazareth need to hear that no matter how enraged it made them. This kingdom view that develops a kingdom view is the hospitality of God, which is welcoming the stranger, not the similar. And there's some cynicism that can come from that when we don't see the church living this out, when we see our own hearts bend away from Jesus time and time again to our own anger and our own similarities, and then we make Jesus in our image. And I think Show Baraka, in his song, Cynical, says it well when he says, do I believe my enemies are too far from grace? My idea of a safe space is just to blow them all away. Pray to my savior, middle finger to my neighbor, create a theology that helps promote that behavior. Pleasant Street Church, Church of the U.S. There is good critique on us right now because sadly this song may be prophetic that too often we are teaching a theology that supports the behavior of praying to my individualized savior and giving a middle finger to my neighbor. But the spirit of God can even break that cynicism. That's a wall he wants to break down, Pleasant Street Church. He wants to break it down in our hearts. He wants to break it down across ethnicity, across politics, across the street. He wants to break these walls down. And so when we sang that song, that was not just a simple song. That was a prayer of hope, not in what we can do, but what the Spirit of God can do. Spirit, break our walls down. Heaven, come down. King Jesus, you're the name we're lifting high. Your glory filling up the earth and sky. Revival. We want to see your kingdom here. And so to close, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus who cuts through our power grabs, through our mob mentality, through our control issues because he intended to not only continue to the cross and show us that self-sacrificial and self-giving love is the way of God, but to show us that he had a way through death to life everlasting. But part of that journey was, do you want to follow me? Well, then take up your cross. Live in the time that you live right now in a way that we'll have the crowds go against you. Maybe in the synagogue, maybe still even here. I mean, what would it have been like in the midst of all those people and everyone that was enraged if there were a few that said, no, I think he's the Messiah? Well, they would have been led to the cliff too. And they would have had to trust that when they got to the cliff that somehow Jesus would have made a way through them. <laughs> like, well, he's part in the Red Sea of this crowd. <laughs> so that we don't end up lost over the edge. And I know a lot of you right now with COVID, with everything that's going on in our country, you feel like you're on the cliff, but Jesus has not abandoned you, Pleasant Street Church. He's there on that edge. And the mental health issues and the physical disease and the cynicism that keeps knocking on your door and waking you up in the morning He's on that edge with you. He loves you. 
And he's there to say, yes, I know that power grab, that control that you want is easy to grip for right now. And it's a lot easier than the harder task of love. But I love you. Will you join me in the harder task of sacrificial love now? It's an invitation because he passes right through the crowd. And he continues to go on his way right now. He's alive. We have a rabbi. We have a master. We have a savior. We have a promise maker and a promise keeper. We have a liberator. We have a champion that is alive right now that can lead us through the crowd, that can lead us through the voices, that can lead us through this time because he's the way, the truth, and the life. So I ask you, Pleasant Street Church, will we receive and walk with Jesus in light of his gospel of the kingdom on his terms, or will we do it on ours? Are we willing to surrender this morning no longer on our terms? No longer on our terms, Lord. I bear the own, my own scars of my own selfishness, my own pain, as well as the ways that I've hurt others. I want to bear your scars. Jesus comes to us again in 2021, and he cuts through our mob. And he's willing to take our amazement and our anger and even our apathy and transform it by his spirit into awe again. The kingdom is his. I'm going to invite the worship and song team to come up. We're going to sing the kingdom is yours. And I invite, we're going to rise, whether in body or spirit. During this unique time, I love to issue an altar call for those that are like, I'm unfamiliar with that, Mike. Well, there are other brothers and sisters that are a regular thing, but I realize in these times it might be hard to do that. But if the spirit of God moves you, when we get to the kingdom is yours, However, in body and spirit, you need to offer the kingdom back to Jesus to say, I don't want my castle anymore, Lord. I don't want what I've been building in 2021 to make myself safe and to separate myself from others. When we get to the kingdom is yours, it's a capital Y. Say, the kingdom is yours, Lord. And the beautiful thing about Jesus is, the second part, it's a lowercase Y, and he says, yes, and I'm still giving you the kingdom, Pleasant Street Church. Hold on a little more. This is not the end. Hope is in the Lord. Keep your eyes on him. Whether in body or in spirit, let us rise and worship. Blessed are the ones who do not bury all the broken people of their heart. Blessed are the tears of all the weary, born like a sky of falling stars. Blessed are the wounded ones in mourning, brave enough to show the Lord their Blessed are the hurts that are not hidden, open to the healing touch of God. 
Street Church, as you leave this congregational building and as you go with the people of God, may you go empowered by the Spirit on this day, January 17th, Sunday, 2021. May God's love sustain you. May you love those who surround you. May God's empowering Spirit empower you 
and may you empower all those you meet. He is worthy of this. Let's continue to pray and sing.
Are you ready? Let us go forth then to serve the world as those who love our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we say together, thanks be to God. Go in his peace.